welcome back to the Brown Taboo Project, the premier podcast project of the South Action. <laughs> ah! Welcome back to the Brown Taboo Project, the premier podcast project of the South Asian Sexual Health Alliance. Woo! I got it. It's a mouthful. I got it. There you we go. Said it. We said it. This is our second ever episode. Yet again with three co-founders, but we're a mighty bunch and we do cool shit and that's all that matters. Um, I'm Shreya holding down the fort here in Washington, D.C. And then we also have in Denver, Colorado. Hey, hey, everybody. This is Sri with you back again, holding down the mountain time zone. (laughs) I am Trinish. Uh, I am holding down the fort, the fort. Something. I am yep. in Madrid, There's a fort in Madrid. Spain. There, there yes, forts. there are forts in Madrid, actually. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm yeah, here in Madrid, Spain. I'm studying abroad. So we are all very far apart uh, time-wise, eight-hour difference. But we all got together here today. Because we care enough about you that we are ready to span time zones to bring you the Brown Taboo Project from across oceans. This is how globalization works. This is why everyone's so scared about brown people taking over the world. We are. Basically are. (laughs) And also quick shout out to Drinish for just celebrating his 21st birthday. Yep. Yeah. Literally yesterday. Super exciting. Yeah. It's kind of funny to be celebrating it in Spain where the drinking age is 18. Um, I, but actually, uh, one of my roommates was telling me that they celebrate their 21st birthdays here big as like, oh, you're legal in America now. So like the concept still exists of like a big 21st oh. birthday. So Again, globalization. Out. Yeah. <laughs> that does make well, sense because well, then if, you're, well. if you want to go traveling and you want to go to the U.S. and you're like, well, this is bullshit because right. I can't drink there. And yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Cool. So yes, our the youngest member of our collective, and you know, is is making his time while he's off doing really fun things. In You're now a full fledged adult. Talk to I am a full fledged adult. <laughs> Dude, Scary I thoughts. still feel like though. So what pisses me off is the whole rental car thing. Until you're 25, you still have this like mad tax on rental cars. I feel like that's the last frontier. Oh, yeah. That's the mm-hmm. last like age yeah, thing. Just... Yeah. yeah. I... And then there's 35 years old before we any of us can run for president. Ah, that one. Oh, Man, yeah, yeah. Good call. Good call. <laughs> I'm still, I'm counting down to 65 when I can retire. Because <laughs> that age is going to get the next milestone. <laughs> anyway, we are so, so Tell digressing. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Let's bring it back. What were we talking about? A very not light subject, unfortunately. Um, as of the time of this recording, um, we just found out that, uh, unfortunately, Aziz Ansari uh, has joined the shitty men list, um, and that sucks. Uh, mm-hmm. A young woman uh, came forward and said that, uh, and basically accused him of sexual assault um, in a story that is all too familiar these days where they went on a date and she was uncomfortable but didn't quite know how to articulate it and when she did say that she was uncomfortable both through her body language and verbally um 
he kind of just ignored her and shot her down and continued to force her to do things she didn't want to do and basically abused uh, their his power dynamic. Um, and I think it's important to point out that it was not just like a, we're not just talking about like a coquettish exchange. This was um, apparently, according to her allegations, Aziz stuck his fingers down her throat, um, kind of forced her into performing oral sex on him, um, was touching her in a, in ways that she didn't want to be touched, and then um, eventually as he reached towards her pants and she finally uh, at that point was able to articulate her views but had been exhibiting throughout the night, throughout that date, that she did not want to proceed forward and it was not... Uh, it was not taken as her actual wish, meaning that it was a, a game, um, right. as we have again mm-hmm. often, often heard of, read of, and uh, experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the woman whose name is given in this article is Grace. Um, it says that um, Aziz Ansari sent her a text saying it was fun meeting you last night after that evening and then um grace responded last night might have been fun for you but it wasn't for me you ignored clear nonverbal cues you kept going with advances it's uh i want to make sure you're aware so maybe the next girl doesn't have to cry on the ride home um and i mean he said i'm so sad to hear this clearly i misread things clearly ridiculous and well so here's the thing um part of the reason why this like really extra sucks is that like even though it shouldn't right but because we're part of a minority community it still feels like a reflection on us weirdly mm-hmm. um even though it shouldn't but it does and it and it um, will it will get taken out of proportion of being like what does this mean about indian men what does this mean about south yeah. asian dudes what does this mean about yeah. la 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 which like when so many other white folks have been have had these allegations levied against them and even proven against them it doesn't come back to a race issue right absolutely absolutely and uh on the flip side um or not the flip side but another point to take into consideration is that like um yeah i've saw this play out in a a conversation on my Facebook wall after I posted this article, basically, where, like, someone was like, I just don't see why she would go back to the apartment with him. Like, if she was comfortable, like, she shouldn't have felt scared. He's, like, he's so small. Like, what would he do? Oh, my gosh. Damn, I didn't see that. And it's like... And it's like, how is that a power dynamic? He's, he's like, a tiny man. That's fucked up. And, And it's like, well... First of all, yeah, that's not really how this works. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there is a power dynamic when one person is a 22-year-old nobody and the other person is an Emmy Award-winning celebrity. Mm-hmm. Um, also, and also, you... regardless of how the ages, the sizes, any of that, men have privilege right. in our society, in most exactly. societies across the world exactly and playing into the whole oh he physically doesn't look powerful which means he's not actually powerful is like exactly how toxic masculinity is brewed 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, I would venture to say, something that plagues a lot of uh, brown dudes, yeah. Brown men. Um, mm-hmm. Turnish, feel free to weigh in on this because we are obviously not brown men, but. You know, I'm 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 sure more than a few of us are very aware of how, and by us I mean brown men, even mm-hmm. though I'm not a brown man. <laughs> um, I'm sure more than a few of, of of them are aware that you know this physical, um, this physicality is like something they need to overcome to show that they are a big powerful man who's able to equally get masculine to the white dudes and... who are six inches taller. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This actually re reading the article kind of odd. It was the whole experience was oddly similar to um, the story Cat Person, uh, yes. which which came out I think last month um, in the New Yorker by Kristen Rupinian. Rupinian, I think I'm. I hope I said that correctly. Um, but yeah, in that story, there's also like a. I mean, the guy is not a celebrity, but the guy is much older. And the girl and the guy does not understand cues and becomes very. I I thought what what was the most interesting is that Aziz Ansari is supposed to be, or you know his image is that he's like woke, right? His um you know yeah. he wrote um modern romance or that um yeah. yeah and like he he like you know he's like done so much like stand up so many TV shows. Um, that explore a lot of really, that explore a lot of themes in a very like nuanced and cool way. But at the end of the day, he still didn't yeah. understand. He still like you know committed these 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 acts. And in yeah. the story, cat person, it's also there's like a similar uh, dichotomy where the guy texts really well ish. Right or or, or or like can hold up a good conversation, um, on text, yeah. but like doesn't know how to act with someone in real life. Yeah, and the thing with Aziz is that he like built his whole career on being self-aware about mm-hmm. relationships <clears throat> and dating and romance and and relationships between men and women and 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 I think it's important to like that. point yeah. out that in. I mean, this is true for Aziz. This is probably true for many, 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 many of these different situations. Like, there are a lot of situations where the perpetrator is very aware that they are exploiting someone and they are very purposefully um, pursuing someone because of that power imbalance or there is um, an amount of thrill from hearing no, something like that. The thing is that I think our our common understanding of rape or sexual assault or even harassment is that it is this very um, targeted and purposeful thing. But the reality is that that is actually a very small, small, small percentage of how these cases go down. For the most part, the kind of everyday I guess you could say misunderstanding or miscommunication. Um, I think that's putting it a little bit lightly, but I think that it's important to note that it's often um, not that the person is necessarily aware that they are doing something wrong. And that's where the root of this whole big avalanche of Me Too comes from, because I think the flip side for 
a lot of men folk is this uh, feeling of, wait, I've never done that or I would never do that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the really tricky thing that we're going to need to figure out as individuals, as communities, as a society, is how to effectively um, teach the understanding of these underlying kind of subtle communication skills, um, which a big answer to that would be, don't fucking be subtle about it. And if you're these <laughs> in this situation, you know, there's no harm. And in fact, it should maybe be your always the way you operate to ask and to be explicit and verbal about it um are you interested in going further do you like this that kind of thing so that there's no guessing involved yeah i mean it's 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 just i guess the way it is right so many men don't don't understand that they could also be part of the problem and not and like they they just assume oh i'm part of this the solution not the case not that they're not part of the solution. They definitely are a, a oh, yeah, yeah. part of the solution. All people, I would say, don't. I don't think it's limited to men because I think that um, often because of kind of these tropes that we have, women or non-binary folk or anyone who does not kind of fit into the classic like men versus women um, way that it's set up, you kind of think that because you don't hear these tales that in some ways it's not happening or it's exempt for your group but i that's not true at all but yes yeah i think that all around it's both this increased awareness and just frank communication as well as being being comfortable about having the conversation within each of our own groups like admitting when a brown dude fucked up as much as it hopefully you know it sucks and it feels like it reflects on us mm-hmm. yeah and it's not like um this is a totally new concept to the brown community. Right. I mean, That's the flip side of it. <laughs> chat, ch- ch- like child marriage is still commonly practiced in many rural Indian parts of, of the diaspora. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, and, and con- con- consent issues are, are rampant. Um, right. In our culture, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact of the matter is that like Aziz did a lot for elevating the representation of brown people in American pop culture, which is huge. He did a lot to elevate those around him as well. Um, I mean, we wouldn't ha- have the genius that is Lena Waithe without Aziz. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it sucks that, um, you know, one of the major collaborators one of her major collaborators turns out to be a guy who doesn't really know how to treat women um but that's the thing about people is that we are at once capable of of doing good and and evil um at the same time um and reconciling the two is an incredibly hard thing to do for those around us um, and we've all done it for sure. All and we've all done us. it. We've all done it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe not to that extent, hopefully, extent. but I don't know. You know, it's possible that right. I was in a situation with a person and I misread signals. It's very possible. You know, like it happens. 100%. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're a terrible person in and of itself, in and of your 
character, but it definitely does mean that we need to do a little bit more or a lot bit more of self-reflection and education and conversations around these things. Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, and since we are in the business of conversations, <laughs> not business, but um, since having conversations around, or maybe one day a business, since that's very much the goal of Sasha, um, it seemed like a, a good topic to bring up, even though this podcast is probably coming out way later after um, this new cycle is, is long over and done with. Um, but that doesn't mean that it shouldn't still be discussed in some way. Um, and I don't, I don't know what the ultimate takeaway or, or, or moral or solution or whatever to this is. Um, I don't really know like what Aziz can do to rectify the situation. Um, apologies just continue to fall short. Um, and at the end of the day, there is a woman who is very much affected um, and who is stuck with having to deal with the pain of this um, episode for long after all of this is over and done. Right. And I think a crucial piece, too, of this this thing of, like, not necessarily realizing that that, quote-unquote, counts as sexual assault, you know, until there's this whole yep. barrage. Yep. And again, until we're increasing the conversation and people understand a bit more because it is not your for whatever reason that this is the stereotypical image even though this is not how the vast majority of rape and sexual assault cases happen it's not a stranger forcing you into an alley right so if that happens you're like oh yep definitely rape i know i know this is what we call rape this is what we call sexual assault versus you know even as a person who is in that situation she is still raised in the same society and with the same values right so this thing coming back to uh, why did she go home with him why didn't she Mm -hmm. stop him like all that kind of stuff it's because she gets told the exact same messages that he does and Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. it it is still this like internal thing um so that's why shreya when you're talking about like what is the takeaway i i think that i mean certainly there is um need and scope for more targeted interventions both on the individual level and on societal levels but mm-hmm. I think that really the start of that is conversation and just bringing it yeah, out 100%. more. And again, especially within um, brown communities or really pretty much any immigrant community of being upfront about these things mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they happen yeah. with alarming frequency right now. And I think everyone globally is starting to recognize more and more how prevalent it is and trying to figure out what we can do about it and that needs to start with just acknowledging and being honest and having those frank discussions yep yeah yeah which is so funny because aziz became famous for having quote-unquote frank discussions these kinds of discussions that that we're afraid to have in our communities um yes just a very ironic situation all around and i just ah i feel like a fool for having like looked up to him for so long but so i mean that's the thing it happens everywhere and i think again this is this this we have um a trope in our head where like a rapist is a bad scary person who doesn't 
have a job and doesn't have a family and is like a predator and like blah blah blah, blah. It's a homeless vagrant right and that's not the mm-hmm. case when you look at statistics right. and when you look at actual um reports from folk it is much more likely yeah. to be someone that you know it's much more exactly. likely to be even a family member or a friend than it is to be um a stranger yeah <sighs> um, i think i think also one of the big takeaways for for, for men especially or for people who, who like i Justify as, as men and are in these um, and who are granted that kind of societal privilege, right? Um, to really think about like, okay, yes, you know, you might post an article, you might retweet some, some something, you might think you're woke, but, you know, at the end of the day, you can still also um, be, you can still also have problematic behaviors at the same time. You know, you, you, you can always keep improving and it's also, you know, I, I think men need to start learning about like, okay, like in the heat of the moment, you, you need to stay critical of yourself as well, mm-hmm. right? There's, there, there's no, oh, I'm woke, oh, I'm not woke. No, like you probably have both. You need to think about improving yourself. I think you said that really well, Trish, and I, yeah. I want to... I promise I'll stop talking about it after this comment, but I think it this might be going a little bit into the academic weeds, but I have to pull it out. It is, Definitely. we talk about it a lot in terms of psychotherapy and we talk about it in terms of this concept of, you know, cultural awareness. I think mm-hmm. as the, as the literature was starting to shift towards understanding multiculturalism more, it first was like, oh, Latinx people are this way and like East Asian folk are this way and South Asian folk are this way and black folk think this which is so minimizing to everybody's individual and different experience like yes you might have um, similarities as a culture and as a collective body but every single person is different so the literature has shifted from this conversation of um, kind of know these things about like a stereotypical person of this race or this background to instead this concept of humility and constantly, constantly being aware that you don't know everything and you cannot know everything. That it is literally impossible to know about every single culture, every single socioeconomic status, every single religion. Like, it's just never going to happen. So yes, while you should constantly Mm -hmm. try to increase your awareness, you also need to approach every single situation with humility. And not come in knowing or thinking that you know everything, but rather asking the direct people, the the actual individuals, and seeing what they need. So in terms of folks who want to do something, don't be afraid to ask is my biggest, biggest piece on that. Right, right, right. Which I guess in terms of sex also comes back to like, you know, consent is not just someone not saying no. Right. Right. right you know this this whole new broader concept of consent that's coming into the mainstream um now yeah shall we i guess wow. transition from that to well <laughs> and i mean not not irrelevant in well, any means but what is it that you know how similar or dissimilar is that to things that you all heard growing up either in your own household or at school messages on sex on sexual assault on anything kind of related in that realm 
yeah i think i think it's interesting that even like maybe two or three years ago uh, an encounter like this would not have made headlines probably probably and more importantly the majority like many people maybe even not myself as a teenager would have considered it as sexual assault until you hear it in these words right um or like uh until you until now we have that that sort of understanding um you, you know i was taught consent is consent is yet is like yes or no but you can just kind of like figure it out that was that was what i was taught i think or that those were the messages i got but obviously aziz ansari did not figure it out right yeah i'm trying to recall and and like i can't really i mean i'm sure we had we were taught but i just can't like remember what the conversation around consent was and like you mentioned this wouldn't have been a headline a few years ago and it's like yeah of course it wouldn't have because a couple years ago I don't think this woman would have felt emboldened to mm -hmm. come forward um, I mean it seems like it's taken a few years for her to even realize it was sexual assault like it's just been so it becomes exactly status quo normalized um, that that people were just like oh yeah like this happened with this guy mm -hmm. this happened with this person and it was weird and I don't know right. how to process it and moving on. but also and this is gonna sound really fucked up but like I think a few years ago I also would have been one of those people who would have been like well why did she go home with him if she felt so uncomfortable um why like why didn't she just say no and and run away and it goes back to what you were saying Sri, about we're like, all indoctrinated with the same messages this, yeah this yeah. notion yeah. that exactly th this notion that you know you, you know you know who you can trust and you know who you can't and you just have to be smart and use common sense and everything's going to work itself out in that case um and that's just right 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 <laughs> no and i think that that's i appreciate your honesty because i think that that's everyone in a lot of different ways um kind of reckoning with that same thing and that is this is kind of one of the things that um the conceptualization or the characterization rather of the social justice warrior um i think that's one of the main criticisms that is a super duper duper fair criticism of it is not helpful to just be like oh you don't know this already how do you not know this blah 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 like that's not a helpful framework and instead to yeah. again have this humility to say you know what i didn't know that or i used to think this way and then this is what changed the experience for me i talked to this person or i learned this or i read that or i went to this workshop whatever it might be and again that honesty the ability to be vulnerable and say either i didn't used to know that and this is how i learned or hey i am not clear on this i don't understand it can you help me or even if it's too much for that person in that moment to you know to take on to teach you because no it's not someone else's job to educate you especially when we have the internet so readily available but to at least be like hey you know what i recommend this website or this video or this whatever it might be like that openness about education is so crucial because none of us just fell out of the sky 
being woke, right? You got to get woke. Right. <laughs> I did. And like that's that's what social advocacy is, right? You know, social advocacy. Yeah, you're telling other people or you're educating other people, but it's also a very personal process because, um, you, you know, there's there's no like clear endpoint, you know, throughout your entire advocacy career, I guess, or like you know, just like you are constantly involving, and that's a good thing, mm-hmm. and that's just Absolutely. the way it is. So. And you didn't do it in a bubble. And so it is also partially, I think, in terms of creating a good community and creating a good society, it's that whole thing of like when you rise up, you reach back out to help others as well along their journey. And again, not that Mm -hmm. it's necessarily your individual responsibility, but I do feel that it is our collective responsibility to, you know, wherever you do have more knowledge, more privilege, more power to have these conversations and bring it up with your friends, with your family, with, you know, your community, your school, whatever the, your workplace, wherever you do have that ability. Yeah. Um, can I take it to a personal place? Yes. Cool. So I think that this whole, um, the, the concept of this, like, I wasn't really sure if it, if it was or wasn't, or I guess in the moment, at least with the way that the story has been portrayed so far, um, not even that he was or wasn't sure, he had no idea until after that it was um, not going well, that he had received it as a positive experience and she had perceived it as a very negative experience. Um, I think, yeah, going back to these, like the importance of having honest conversations, I will disclose that I personally have been victim to a few different situations um, throughout my life, starting at a very, very young age when I had absolutely nothing, like no control really over the situation. And it took me a very, very, very long time to A, kind of allow those memories in to be able to even truly untangle what did or didn't happen. And then B, to share that with um, with friends, with, you know, publicly, like I don't mind talking about it now, but I think a really big piece was with my family. And it was um, a very tough conversation to have, very emotional conversation to have, but I did talk with my parents when I was um, early in college, I think probably sophomore year of college or so, when I started to reckon with these memories Um, and when I sat down to talk to my parents about like what happened they were so incredibly empathetic and um, apologetic and I think that that is kind of a common response for a parent to have is kind of this like oh I mean I did something wrong which they didn't um, Mm -hmm. but just because I wasn't protect you Right. Yeah. Yeah. But just because I was a child at at the time. Um, So I I find absolutely no fault with my parents at all in any of this. But um, the interesting thing was that both my parents had many stories to share, both about things that had happened to them, as well as things they knew happening to other, you know, family, friends, aunts, uncles, like siblings, the whole gambit. Mm -hmm. And this is a really 
common thing with sexual assault especially but I do within our community where like the shame and secrecy is a little bit more prevalent than it is in Western society I think the ability to be truthful and be upfront and not wait until someone tells you that something happened but to instead be proactive because and again I'm not faulting my parents at all for this I, I do think they handled it beautifully um, but if maybe when I was like six or seven they had said hey you know like I want you to let me know if anybody ever touches you in a way that makes you uncomfortable or that kind of thing I wonder how much that would have changed my reflection of these things that happened to me when I was young you know and so again I think that with the Aziz and story the Aziz story or anything else that happens in our personal lives or in media that the important takeaway is that it the conversation should not be had after yeah. it happens but instead to, to happen um, before anyone comes to you and says like oh this shit happened to me um, because yeah I guess you were saying Shreya that you don't really remember ever getting any messages about um, I guess I mean as a young age it would be sexual abuse but abuse or harassment or assault anything yeah well mm -hmm. um well, it's interesting because, well, first of all, thank you for sharing. Um, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for being open with us. Uh, I, Thanks for listening, y'all. I, uh, um, hmm. I had an experience um, when I was very, very young. And so they, they meaning my, my parents and I, like, we all dealt with it when it happened. I was in, like, first grade. Um, and then we just never spoke about it again. And I think I like forgot about it for a few mm -hmm. years or it just, mm -hmm. you know, was buried deep mm -hmm. in the brains, brains protect memories. you. And, um, and, and yeah, I mean, in school, I'm, I'm sure it was, it was discussed. It just didn't really leave an imprint in my brain or anything about what, about how to, handle these types of situations and, and how to respond and, and what to do um and really this the what happened really kind of only came up when um when I started dating someone um because I realized it was I uh it was it was TMI you. but it yeah it was it was it was affecting me sexually essentially yeah yeah um, which it just is normal. Um, that's just like how people process these things. Um, right. And um, and in that situation, I actually I spoke to my boyfriend at the time about it, um, and it, it, he was the only person I've ever told um, besides my parents. Um, mm -hmm. And actually, Loki, I don't I don't think my dad knows. Um, still, I. I I remember what I Hi told Dad. my mom. <laughs> so, Baba. Fun <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it, it was just my mom and um, and uh, and yeah, like it was it's so not long unexpected. Ago. Yeah, I mean the the weird thing was, or maybe not the weird thing. I don't know. It, it wasn't like a it wasn't like an older person touching me or anything right it was like between kids doing weird shit together 
Um, but it was weird enough to still have impacted me because I too was just a kid. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, um, and yeah, so, so this was the first time I had talked it out, um, when I spoke to my boyfriend about it and, um, it was very cathartic, Mm -hmm. um, because he didn't have the, like, um, feeling of letting down their child by failing to protect them that, like, my mom would yeah. have, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I don't know where I was going with this story, but, uh, yes. We're all in this together. Everyone's got a story. And yes, essentially talking it out is incredibly um, useful and cathartic. And, um, but, you know, on the same hand, an incredibly hard and difficult thing to do. Um, so it's no wonder that, that it's not a, a common, it's not a common thing for a lot of people. Yeah. And I, I mean, again, that's where therapy is incredibly Mm -hmm. helpful because to be able to have a completely neutral person who has no other bearing on your life who's not going to tell anybody that you don't want them to tell or talk to about it that's a it's a very powerful relationship and I think it's interesting that you mentioned about your ex where it's not that um It wasn't irrelevant to him because it was impacting you as an adult and impacting you as a sexual person and therefore your relationship together. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, because, you know, he didn't necessarily have a stake, at least at the time, Mm -hmm. and being able to to think about it objectively and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But again, it it comes back to, like, we give these situations more power by not speaking about them. Mm-hmm. yeah and i think it's just a huge thing and, and this would be a big call to to audience to folks who are listening um a if you do feel like you need an objective space to share your story whether you want that to be um a published story or you want to just email us and be like hey i really needed to get this off my chest i'm just saying it here because it is a neutral and objective place to say it um and you don't want it to go anywhere email us you know facebook message us that's we're happy to be listening ears um south asian sexual health at gmail.com absolutely if if it is something that is um presently affecting you or it was a very recent situation then i would recommend going to someone in person instead um, especially if there is action that you're trying to take just because in terms of electronic communication there you know there are limits in terms of support that we're able to give and also legal liability and all that kind of stuff. But if you're looking for just a space to tell your story, let us know, you know? Yeah. And and also part B is if you have suggestions, if you have like, oh, you know, here's a great resource packet that um, my teacher gave me or like, I've got a young child and actually nowadays in school, they're teaching our kids this or whatever, that would be so great to hear because I am really excited about the fact that for the kids who are growing up where um, I mean there's still a, a 
a long way to go, but where the culture is shifting to be more frank in these conversations, um, that I really hope in, you know, the next generation or two that we're going to see rates of sexual assault go down a lot. I would, I mean, that would be incredible. That's definitely the hope, right? So like, what yeah. can we do <laughs> right. the goal. now, right, to change? Like we're already changing as young people and adults and even as older people, but especially for those who are coming up and who are still formulating their views of the world and what is appropriate communication and how do relationships and sex and mental health and all of these things work. That would really be the the crucial place to get in, right? Get them all right. right. Essentially. We're really just trying to brainwash the next generation. <laughs> Busted. That is kind of, you know, secretly the mis- the, mes- uh, the mission, rather, haha, of Sasha. That's right, why we want right. to have these conversations about mental health, about sexual health, about sexual and gender identity and orientation, all of these things that are kind of classically a bit more taboo. Brown Taboo Project? Is that, is that, uh, was that a... Oh, I see uh, what you did there. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that Definitely. we can bring these conversations to you. Um, Trinish, mm-hmm. I did want to yeah. ask, yeah. too, as our, as our, you know, dude for this conversation, at least. Not that you have mm-hmm. to, you know, represent an entire group. Um, mm-hmm. But I know you had mentioned to us previously before that your parents did actually say something to you about... Um, sexual assault and relating to people to women or people in general in sexual situations yeah yeah yeah. i was actually just about to bring that up i think um so what my so context what my parents told my sister always was uh my older sister you know like don't do anything don't you know just 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 like you you basically like like that you must remain chaste and I was also given a similar conversation. Well, it was never a conversation. It was just like a one or two sentence, like, um, like if if statement. if I was ever yeah yeah just like a statement, a tidbit where um, my parents would always say, oh, you know, when you're hanging out with your female friends, just make sure that you don't do anything. Make sure that your hand doesn't go anywhere, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, which um, you know, in one sense, it's good um, because a lot of sexual assault education does need to happen or more with men, obviously, because men are the yeah. people or because um, men, yeah, uh, obviously, but yeah, the onus can't always be on women. I, yes, yes, yes. Right. Shared and I think it, oh, and oh, those messages need to go to everyone of like, this is how you are not a perpetrator and this is how you cannot be a victim. And that yeah. it, it's the onus is not on victims. The oh, onus yeah. is on perpetrators and therefore the messaging needs to be more targeted to, to, to every person because women absolutely do can and do perpetrate against 100%. men, against other women, right, against right. other identities as well. But yes, sorry, that's yes. what you're saying. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. Um, but so in in that sense, it was, um, you know, that is a good message. But I think there was always this undertone of, um, oh, you know, if if someone ever tells on you, or if, if or if like one of your female friends ever um, goes to someone and says, oh, Trinish did so and so with me, then that would be negative for me and the reason why I shouldn't 
And so my parents' caution was more along the lines of like, don't get yourself in a situation um, that that will affect your reputation. And um, I mean, I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, obviously, there, there, there was a sense of like, obviously, you know, this is wrong. You shouldn't do this. Don't be a perpetrator. But that message was also there, um, which which is which is very interesting, and also I think something that's like um, in a lot of in the psyches of a lot of South Asian men. Um, this idea of like, oh, you know, the what can ha- I can also be a victim to this because someone might accuse me, and there's this fear of being accused and then you know having your personality tarnished or your um, reputation tarnished in the same way as like as like Aziz Ansari, right? Um, which kind of sucks that that's the case. Um, at least in my opinion, you, right. you know, if you don't do anything thing. wrong, yeah, right, yeah, 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 and like you know, the obvious, obviously, like false accusations make up such a minuscule amount of all mm-hmm. sexual assault um, accusations. It's kind of ridiculous. Amount. Yeah, and so you know that that fear is very much unfounded. Um, it's weird because, like, I guess on the one hand, maybe it works, but on the other hand, it's not. Like, there are better messages that could be said. Yeah. And it does, it, again, it's like we're all playing into the same rape culture. It, it all plays yeah. into, you know, no matter which side of the equation you are. And the, the frank reality is that there's probably going to be a point where on your, you're on one side of the equation and a different point some other time, maybe same partner, maybe different partner, different point in your life, whatever, where you're on the other side of the equation. And so it is not just like, you know, men don't rape, women don't be raped. The conversation Mm -hmm. needs to be, because I think that's kind of where we have been at up until now, and clearly that's not working. Um, So to give these more complete and nuanced messages of this is what the complete picture looks like and in all situations, like these are the things to be um, not only aware of, but checking in. Dude, like it's like, just check in with your partner. That's like the main <laughs> takeaway. <laughs> right, right. But in order to even get to that point, you actually have to have that conversation. So we wind back up to square one where it all starts with the conversation um, and actually just like talking frankly. Yeah, um, totally. I think even fine. Use allegories. Use the birds and the bees if you really can't like <laughs> bring yourself to do it. That's the whole reason why there are the birds and the bees. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But like you actually have to have that conversation and it's incredibly difficult. Um which I think we all <laughs> are aware of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all know. Yeah. <laughs> Trinish, I think you bring up a really interesting point too with that where I mean, and I think this is one of the really common things that people who don't understand what feminism actually means. This is like a common misconception. Um, Feminism means equality, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the root of that is both um, supporting and raising up women who um, still experience so many inequities. 
but that also is tying into um, men and gender roles and um, being able to be more flexible and Shreya you brought up in terms of toxic masculinity and um, breaking down what it means to quote unquote be a man and be a woman and all of these things so we can just kind of work on a collective how to be a good person <laughs> like let's be good right, right, humans, right, exactly not a good man a good woman a good trans person a good whatever like let's just all be good people and mm -hmm. I think that this was one of the realizations that um, a personal realization I had as I got on birth control with a long-term partner and um, we were you know getting more serious and and starting to discuss like okay what method should we use la 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 like we've established that we um, want to be in an exclusive relationship and that we're not interested in having kids etc etc and it was um, I'd been sexually active before that and you know had just always like been on the pill and used condoms and whatever and it was the first time as I was having this mutual conversation with my male partner that I was for the first time I stopped and I put myself in his shoes and I was like whoa if if we together get pregnant and I choose to have that child that's a lot of shit on you too and just again mm -hmm. like coming back to this thing of um all people being able to put yourself in position of any other human that that capacity of empathy and to think through like you know we always think about it again as being on women to avoid pregnancy but the idea of someone getting pregnant and the the dude didn't want that like that's also a really important conversation to have there so again just this capacity to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and it and it is like one of those moments where i had um i had never really stopped to think about that before because i i think partially because i hadn't had as in depth of a conversation with it with any male partner before but then when i was in this new place and we were you know in a stable relationship and whatnot and then we're stopping to discuss our options and different methods and whatnot that i was like whoa yeah that's really scary i never thought about it from that side too right. that like you know yes it is absolutely a woman's choice because it is her body but also there's like a lot in there for the dude too mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah whoa my mind's just got blown <laughs> <laughs> it's like taking yeah. into consideration what someone else is going through is such a empathy <laughs> novel thing. Yeah, this thing called empathy is like a <laughs> crazy. So crazy. I never actually thought of it in that way before. Like empathy as the root of feminism. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. I think. Or I mean, that makes sense in terms of any equality movement. Empathy should is the root of that. Like think about what it would be to not yeah, be in your privileged yeah. position okay now as that marginalized or oppressed community group individual what do you need to do to make sure that they have um an equal opportunity that you are afforded oh yeah i think one other thing that's like good though is that a lot of people who don't get these kinds of conversations even um, or are not taught to have these kinds of conversations. Um, you know, all, all of the movements on the internet, on social, social media, 
um, things like the Me Too movement, um, you know, this is their goal, right, at the end of the day to make sure that, you know, many people just haven't heard of it. And now we're just trying to make sure that people know and that people are educated, even if they're not, even if that education doesn't happen, um, you know, at home with their parents or like with their friends at school, it can happen on Twitter, which is, uh, you know, maybe not the goal, maybe not ideal, but it is still great that like, you know, these movements exist and are actually causing change. Better than nothing. Or yeah. you could learn about it through the Brown Taboo Project, brought to you by Sasha. Hey. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, All right, y'all. Yes. As always, one last plug to send us your suggestions or questions or stories. Stories. Anything you want to share. Resources. Thoughts for us. Resources. Whatever. South Asian sexual health at gmail.com or uh, shoot us a message on Facebook. Um, in the meantime, thank you for listening. Thank you for staying with us and we will talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening. And, you know, always just shoot us a message. We're here with you. We're learning with you. We're trying to build space for and by us brown folk. If you're not brown, we want you to. If you care about these things, we're happy to hear from you, and we wanna we wanna make this, uh, both this podcast and this project in in general, whatever it needs to be to serve um, the needs of our community of South Asian South Asian American youth and anyone from the diaspora. So let us know. Thank you, thank you for being. Peace out. Till next time. Bye bye now. Bye.